Hi, this is Alan Dershowitz, The Dersh Show, on my audio rendition of my podcast, which I hope you'll continue to listen. We will be continuing to focus on protests growing out of uh, police shootings, particularly protests uh, against uh, white police officers who have shot and killed uh, young uh, African-Americans, men and women, and Today we're focusing on a case where a police officer named uh, Nicol- Nicholas Reardon shot and killed a 16-year-old uh, black young woman uh, named Micaiah uh, Bryant. Uh, we'll discuss the circumstances of the case and of the shooting. LeBron James rushed to judgment and issued a tweet, which fortunately he then withdrew to his credit, uh, saying, you're next to the police officer without really focusing on what the facts of the uh, case were. Well, I don't know whether he'll be next or whether Kim Potter will be next. Uh, She's the 27-year veteran in in Brooklyn Center who thought she was pulling out a taser. She yelled, taser, 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 and then accidentally, tragically, mistakenly uh, shot and and killed a, a young black man. Um, And so the question is whether she committed any crime at all. Generally, under American law and under Minnesota law, it is not a crime to make a mistake. It is a crime to knowingly do something that creates the risk or is negligent. But I don't see any evidence in Kim Potter's case of a crime. But let's let's take a look at the Nicholas uh, Reardon case and, and Micaiah Bryant. If you watched NBC News, you would not have gotten the whole picture because on NBC News, they omitted a substantial portion of the 9-11 call, the substantial portion that was omitted on NBC News uh, had uh, a young woman calling hysterically on 911. It's these grown girls trying to stab us. Get here now. But on NBC, they left out the reference to stabbing. They did refer in the report to uh, a knife being wielded. But forget about NBC News. Uh, Let's get to the facts as they uh, really occurred. So uh, Officer Reardon gets to the scene of the crime and he sees uh, a a young woman. He doesn't know very much about her, doesn't know her age, uh, pushing down another woman and then approaching. You can see it on the videotape approaching another uh, young woman. It's not clear what her race was from uh, the video, but doesn't matter. Uh, and she holds the knife above as if she's about to strike and perhaps kill, certainly seriously injure uh, the other woman. And uh, the police officer says, get down, get down, get down, and then fires several shots, hitting and killing uh, a Brian. And the question is, is that a crime? Is it proper police conduct? Is it wrong? Is it morally uh, just? Look, we all wish it hadn't happened. We all wish that he had used a taser if a taser would be effective. Tasers are slower. They're not 100% effective. And if he had tried to taser with a taser, which he didn't do, she might have still been able to stab uh, the person who she was intending, it looked like, to stab and inflict possibly a lethal uh, wound. And so the question is, What should Officer Reardon have done? I can tell you what a lot of police officers are going to do from now on in circumstances like this. They're going to just simply walk away and say, I'm not getting involved in this. Uh, It's two people fighting with each other. Let them resolve it. Or maybe he'll shout some orders. Uh, But he's uh, not going to try to get involved. 
certainly not going to go up to the scene where he might be stabbed and try to remove the knife from her hand. And probably in many instances, uh, he won't he won't shoot because he doesn't want to be suspended, lose his job, lose his livelihood and, and perhaps end up in in jail. So I think we'll see police becoming less interventional and less proactive in trying to prevent crimes of violence that occur uh, while they're right on the scene. Remember, the difference between a police officer and you and me, uh, the two of us, you and me, you and my audience, if we come upon a scene like this, we have the right to simply walk away. We don't have to get involved. Uh, We don't have to risk our lives to prevent two strangers from hurting each other. Uh, But if you're a police officer, you don't have that option of walking away. You have to do something. Let's imagine what the outcry would have been if police officer uh, Reardon had said, look, I'm not getting in trouble here. I don't want to be a chauvin. I don't want to be uh, a potter. Uh, I want to go home to my family and just yelled some shouts and said, oh, don't don't stab her. Don't stab her. You're under arrest. Don't stab her. And what if uh, Brian had then stabbed and killed uh, the other young woman? There'd be outcries. There'd be claims. Look, you didn't do anything. You didn't do your job. Police officers have to stop crimes like this from occurring. So it's a lose-lose situation for a police officer. If they do nothing, they're damned. And if they do what Reardon did and end up killing somebody, they're damned. Now, you know, in the movies, of course, you would shoot the knife out of the hand of Brian. That's not realistic. Pistols aren't that uh, accurate. And when you do that, you endanger the lives of other people around you. Police are, short, are taught to shoot at the torso and to shoot when you shoot, to shoot, to make sure you disable the person who is posing the danger. And that's what he did. Uh, were there alternatives? You know, you can watch the videotape a hundred times and say, oh, if it was me, here's what I would have done. I would have tried to tackle her. I would have gone back to my car. I would have gotten a taser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have done all of those things, but you weren't there. And you didn't have to make an instantaneous decision when you said, get down. And they didn't get down. And the knife was uplifted. Oliver Wendell Holmes once said in a very important opinion that rational judgment is not expected in the presence of an uplifted knife. He was talking about an uplifted knife directed at you. This was a self-defense case. But for police officers, self-defense is no different than defense of others. For the rest of us, it is. We are entitled, of course, to defend ourselves. We're not obligated to defend others. Police officers are obligated to defend others. And so what we're all doing is second-guessing what Officer Reardon should have done. I bet he regrets more than anybody that he had to fire the gun, and he surely regrets uh, that the young woman died. Police officers immediately tried to resuscitate her, uh, rushed her to the hospital, where tragically she did die. Uh, I've seen the videotape now uh, a dozen times. I've heard the 911 calls. I do not think there is a crime here. I don't even think here there's a cause for condemnation. Look, in the in the Kim Potter case, you can say she was at fault. She's an experienced officer. She should have known the difference between the feel of a revolver and the feel of a taser. And that's true. That doesn't make it a crime. Making a mistake is not a crime. Making a mistake under the pressure of seeing a young man rush into his car trying to drive away, that's not a crime. 
uh, perhaps she should have been suspended from the police force and retrained in the use of weapons. Perhaps she shouldn't even be allowed to have a lethal weapon anymore because she misused her lethal weapon. That's a big difference between that kind of preventive action and what the mob wants, namely throw her in jail, put her in jail for 10 years for manslaughter. Probably they want to up it to murder like they did in the Chauvin case, but it simply wasn't a crime at all. And if she is scapegoated and railroaded to prison for something that isn't a crime, we will have seen a major, major injustice. We have to remember that every death, even every death at the hands of a police officer is not a crime. And if it is a crime, we have to ask what crime it is. We have to look at all the elements. We have to see whether there's proof beyond a reasonable doubt that there was the specific crime charged uh, committed. And so in the in the case of Officer uh, Reardon, um, I just don't see that he even did anything wrong. I mean, my question to you, my, my listeners, is what should he have done? What would you have done if you were a police officer under those circumstances? What would Al Sharpton have him do other than, you know, engage in some Superman, Batman uh, tactic of uh, disabling without hurting? This is the real world. This is something that in one second, the knife could have been in the heart of the person who was the potential victim. This police officer may have saved a life by taking a life. Uh, We don't know that. We'll never know that. And we certainly can't say to the police officer, you have to do a balanced calculation, a cost-benefit analysis. You have to think through the implications of everything you're doing. No, police have to act quickly. They act by training. They act by their instinct. They act by the desire to prevent crimes. And so unless somebody can come up with a realistic, better alternative, my question to Maxine Waters, my question to Al Sharpton, my question to Black Lives Matter is what should the police officer have done realistically? And what would you be saying if the police officer had followed your advice and not shot and the end result was an innocent young woman is stabbed to death right in front of the police officers. Now, you might say stabbing is not as bad as shooting. If she had been stabbed, she could be rushed to the hospital. Maybe she could be saved. Maybe, maybe. But maybes don't determine the propriety of police action. Police have to act on what they see. They're taught to prevent crimes. Stabbing an innocent young woman is a serious crime, a crime that could easily result in death. And the police officer had to assume that if he did not shoot, the knife would be plunged into the body and perhaps in a lethal way and death would have ensued. The 9-11 call said, trying to stab us, get here now. Now, we don't know whether the police officer knew the content of the 9-11 call. What we do know is he saw the knife. We all saw the knife. You see it in the video. You see her holding it above the person, about to stab that person. You then see the knife on the ground. We all wish we could rerun the tape and have the police officer shoot her in the leg, have the police officer shoot above her, and maybe she would drop the knife. All of those things are possible, but that's not what happened. What happened is the police officer took action, which he believed 
would save the human life of an innocent person, and he did an act which took the life of a non-innocent person. She was guilty of a serious, serious crime. Um, First, she knocked somebody down, that's merely assault. But holding a knife over somebody and about to stab, at that point is already an attempted murder, punishable by many, many years in prison. And if she had completed the act and the person died, it would be murder. It would be serious murder. It would probably be the highest form of murder because from the 9-11 call, which occurred minutes earlier, it looks like it was premeditated. It looks like it wasn't just on the spur of the moment. It looks like something that was ongoing. So in order to prevent uh, one murder, uh, the police officer engaged in the use of lethal force. And that's what police officers are trained to do. Now, we can change things. We can change the rules of engagement. We should say under circumstances like this, the police should not shoot. That's not a free lunch. If the police don't shoot, there'll be consequences. And the consequences will be people who could have been saved were not saved. And so we'd have a mourning family, a different mourning family, mourning the death of a young woman as a result of a stab wound. I can assure you that we wouldn't get the kinds of protests if that had happened if the police were never there at all. But if the police were there and didn't do anything, we will get protests. That's what happens when we see the politicization of police work, the politicization of the administration of justice, the politicization of of jury trials. We have to make sure that every case is judged on its own merits. We cannot simply engage in what I called in the title of one of my books, guilt by accusation. We have to make sure we know all the facts. Uh, Look, I'm a big fan of LeBron James. I think he's one of the greatest athletes in the history of sports and a great, great person. But he's been caught up with this. And he says, you're next. By, by which he means that any police officer who kills uh, a young black person must be held accountable. And yes, they must be held accountable, but your next suggests you're going to prison. You're going to be prosecuted. No, that's not the message that I think we want to send to police officers. Police officers leave the home every morning with one goal in mind, to come home at night safely and tuck their children in bed, earn enough money to send their kids to college so their kids... Uh, don't have to be in occupations in which they risk their lives on a daily basis. Policemen are heroes. I grew up in a neighborhood where the police, the Police Athletic League, were our friends. They taught us how to play stickball. Most of our family, you know, were, were immigrants, and they didn't know from sports. And the police officers were our friends. They taught us. They helped us cross the street. Uh, we loved police officers. Um, we admired them. And, um, and, and they, they did good things for us. Uh, today, I think there's a lot of hatred uh, toward the police in general, and particularly toward white policemen that may have to use lethal force against African-American people. And there are too many cases where that lethal force is unjustified. The Chauvin case is one of them. There was no reason whatsoever for the knee on the neck after he was disabled and put in handcuffs. He could have just been allowed to flail around. Police could have moved away. They could have called for a bigger police van truck where he couldn't claim that he was claustrophobic. They could have taken him away. There wouldn't have been this catastrophe. There wouldn't have been this crime. And I believe that what Chauvin did 
cannot be justified under any circumstances. I do not have the same view of Kim Potter, and I do not have the same view of Nicholas Reardon. Every case is different, and every case has to be considered on its own merits. We must not generalize. That's the 11th commandment. Do not generalize. Do not stereotype. Do not assume that all police are the same. Do not assume all African Americans are the same. Do not assume all Jews are the same. Do not assume all women are the same. Do not assume all women tell the truth all the time and all men lie. Do not believe stereotypes. They will always lead you down a rabbit hole and a rabbit hole of bigotry. Martin Luther King said, we don't judge people by the color of their skin. We should judge them by the quality of their character. And that's true of police officers. We should judge them by the quality of their character, by the quality of their actions, by what alternatives they had, by whether they did the right thing under the circumstances. And even if they did the wrong thing under the circumstances, there's a big difference between doing wrong and doing crime. So we have to ask, was it wrong? Was it criminal? If criminal, was it manslaughter? Was it second degree murder? Was it first degree murder? We can't just lump everything together. But when you have mob justice, when you have the crowds threatening violence, unless they achieve justice for the victims, when you have that, then everything gets lumped together. Nuance is the first victim. Calibration is the first victim. Any attempt to individualize cases are the first victims of this kind of mob rule. And we have to return to a time when the rule of law prevails, when we look at every case based on the facts and based on the law. Uh, we're not doing that. Uh, I'm afraid that the verdict in the Chauvin case, even though I have no brief for Chauvin himself, and there's a special place in hell for any police officer who did what Chauvin did, I'm not sure that he received a fair trial because of threats that jurors almost certainly heard that there would be violence unless they returned the top verdict of guilty of murder. I'm not sure that justice was done in that case. Legal justice, there may be moral justice, but not legal justice. I am absolutely sure that legal justice is not being achieved in the Kim Potter case. The very fact that she was charged is unjust and that charge should be revoked. She is not guilty of manslaughter under the facts of this case. And I am concerned at protests regarding Nicholas Reardon. What he did was an alternative that is acceptable under police practices. It certainly is not criminal. Look, you can go through many, 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 many more cases, the cases that go back in time to the beginning of the Black Lives Movement. And uh, many, many of them uh, involve police conduct that is criminal and that is not justified, but many of them do not. If you look at every single police officer who has been accused of using lethal force against an African-American person, you will find the widest array of cases. And every single one of those cases has to be dealt with individually. We don't believe in mass responsibility or collective responsibility or guilt by association or guilt by accusation. And so on the Der Show, we will continue to follow these cases. This is my expertise. This is what I have been doing for the last 60 years. I started law school 62 years ago, um, and I have been working in criminal law for all that period of time. And so these are cases that interest me. 
I was a strong opponent of uh, police violence and the overuse of lethal uh, force. I was a strong proponent of non-lethal weapons being put in the hands of police officers. I am a strong supporter of holding police officers accountable, but accountable based on the facts and the law, not based on revenge, vengeance, or the need of the mob to satisfy its sense of justice for the alleged victims. So we'll continue to discuss these and other issues on The Der Show. So please continue to listen on all platforms where The Der Show can be heard.